Hello everyone, I'm Drew. Kelly. I'm Lacey. And we're sarcastic, so let's get sinister. Hello, friends. What are we learning today? <laughs> well, are we we're skipping the pleasantries? Oh, sorry. <laughs> What's up? Fuck you guys. Tell us something. Oh, that felt aggressive. How are you guys? Are you are you adjusting well to the time change? Because I am not. This is the first time in all of my years that I am having a hard time adjusting. Um, I will say that. I got home from work and was chilling a little bit. And then I was like, I'm going to have like a glass of wine or two before we start podcasting. And I had to, and I felt a little bit tipsy and then it was five o'clock and I was like, Oh, I should stop because we have four hours until we're going to get together. And it felt like it was eight 30. Um, I enjoyed not being at work overnight for the first time with uh when we change times yeah that's a 13 hour shift yeah Um, i hate when that happens because it feels like you're being cheated yeah yeah it's it's a lie yeah Um, i would like to just comment on Lacey's comment just there um that sounds like less of a time change issue and more of just like an internal clock issue (laughs) (laughs) it felt later that's not how it works. How fast are you drinking your wine, too? It's not really good. New wine. I got it last week. I booked it out of work at three o'clock today. I didn't stay in Grace. I just packed things up and ran. So I got home earlier than usual. What I meant was what what I meant by having trouble with the time change is Mm -hmm. that uh, I have been unintentionally waking up at 5 a.m which usually before we changed times i woke up between 6 and 6 30 so now i'm waking up at 5 a.m and at nine o'clock i'm exhausted it is bedtime at nine so i don't have a set time schedule because of how i work yeah i really think the problem is that my children have really trained me Mm. so because my alarm doesn't go off at six to six thirty. It goes off at six thirty, but my kids wake me up because they're mean. Yeah. Lock the door to your room. Then they will go to the kitchen and fend <laughs> for themselves and they are animals. Lock their door. I've I feel I, like they'd make themselves hurt. <laughs> <laughs> they hundred percent would. Oh. Earmuffs. Okay, so just lock everybody in their rooms. And sleep with earmuffs on. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do for the sleep. Like, it's that simple. Honestly, it wouldn't be a bad idea if the youngest could get out of her crib unassisted. Because then the oldest would turn on the light and they could just play. Take the um, legs off of her crib. uh, Or just have her um, put mattress on the floor. Yeah. Have her sleep on the floor like in like a baby gate area. That way she can like move it when she needs to get up. <laughs> no more bed for you. You've woken me up too many times. You act like this is hard. I'm finding solutions. I know. I'm really appreciating your like... guys' advice from all your experience. <laughs> <a> problem, <laughs> <song>. <laughs> it's 
This is our parental experience speaking. Yep. <laughs> Drew's like, oh, well, that'd be great, gonna, Bailey. Who's going to babysit my kids? Yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say, I'm not leaving them in your care anymore. Okay. He's going to lock them in rooms. Yeah, All right. get home and we'll be well rested. <laughs> I'll be very suspicious. <laughs> Alrighty. Are you guys ready for today? I'm so no. ready. I know that you're excited to talk to us about today's. I am. So, I'm not um, ready. Have you guys heard of Carrie Farber? I don't Farber? think so. Yeah. No? Okay. Mm-mm. Well, strap in for this fun roller coaster. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you guys about the case of Carrie Farber. Farver. Yeah. It sounds weird when I say it. Okay. In my head. All right. But I'm pretty sure I'm saying it correctly because it's spelled like farmer, but instead of the M, it has a V. Yeah. Thanks, Lacey. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so this story starts in 2012. So not too long ago. I mean, it was oh. 11 years ago. Isn't yeah. that weird? I just watched your face as you figured out the math. I was like, last year. It's the time Yeah, that zone. was a weird moment for you, wasn't it? It's the time yeah, change. It was the time change. Yeah. I'm all discombobulated. I gotcha, I gotcha. So in 2012, I'm going to actually start off telling you about Dave Krupa. Sorry, I bumped my mic. So in 2012, Dave Krupa moved to Omaha to get a fresh start following his breakup with his long-term girlfriend and mother of his two children, Amy Flora. It was an amicable split, just so you know. He and Amy really did well co-parenting, and they remained friendly after the breakup. Um, So, what? I said, you love to see it. Yes. So, he took a job as a manager at an auto repair shop in Omaha, and he signed up for an online dating website to meet someone new. Sure. He wasn't interested in a serious relationship because he just got out of one. Um, So, he was just, he was looking for something casual. He was very upfront about that. Um, It wasn't long on the site before he met Shayna Elizabeth Goyer. Who went by Liz. Because her middle name. Elizabeth. Liz. Thank you. You're welcome. I broke that down for you. Because I thought you were like, what? Why? Middle name. Like Dave, she was a single parent with two children who happened to be around the same age as Dave's son and daughter. Upon meeting, Dave was up front with Liz, expressing his disinterest in in anything serious. And she said she was all right with that. So they started casually dating in late spring, early summer of 2012. Um, so that was all well and good until the end of October. When Carrie Farver brought her Ford Explorer into the auto repair shop. As soon as Dave saw her, he felt a spark. Uh-huh. Dave asked Carrie out and they began dating. 
So Carrie Lee Farver was 37 years old when she met Dave. She was a single mother of a teenage son. She was born in Macedonia, Iowa, which I didn't know that that was a city because isn't it a country? Macedonia? I think so. Mesopotamia. Well, I think Macedonia is too. Is it like M-A-C-E? Yeah. I think so. I don't. Will, it's, I will, southeastern, it's a southeastern European country because I knew this because from 90 Day Fiance remember I don't know Lacey you watched it I've watched pieces at your house no not I, enough to know any references you're gonna make never mind except the girl with Tourette yeah and um the really old old woman with the um young African guy, yeah, the one where like she's throwing like papers at him in the street. Oh, we talk about it. I'm like, I should watch it. No, that was um, I think his name was like Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh Danielle, yeah, Danielle, that was her crazy. She wasn't really that old. She was like fifty. Okay, well, she but he was like twenty. So she she needs to moisturize. Um, the, the couple I'm thinking about, the guy is from Macedonia and his wife is named Elizabeth. And I know that I mentioned it because at one point she is breastfeeding her child with her sisters. They're like sitting by a pool and all three of them are just breastfeeding their children together at the same time. Oh, bonding. And I messaged, I remember I said something to Bailey cause I was like, let's not do that. Oh, okay. So not not bonding for Drew. <laughs> not not as fun for Drew as it was for them. No. Okay. Well, also oh, like, not only are they doing that outside. Okay, first of all, I don't care if you feed your baby wherever you want. I'm just not comfortable doing it in such an open spot with, like, my like. You don't want to breastfeed with us. So, um, can I make a segue but comment? Also, they're on TV. They know they're being filmed. That's true. Yeah, but the crazier shit gets the most attention. Um, I know. It just it feels like, on the one hand, it feels like it's taking it so public. Yeah, I'm also like, do it. Like, I'm all for it, but I think that I would be uncomfortable. Um. Also, so you know how they have those like baby like breastfeeding like curtain things for people like thing you put around yeah. your neck and drape. Um yeah. so I had to hold a uh really obnoxious dysphoric cat. Uh so we have this little like sling where you can put a patient in and like it's around your neck. And then I put a towel over him and it looked like I was breastfeeding. <laughs> that was earlier this week at work. I used it once when we took the my oldest to the aquarium for her birthday. And um, I had to feed the youngest. And I had the thing over me sitting at the aquarium, and I still felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So, Carrie was born in Macedonia, Iowa on November 30th, 1974. So, birthday's coming up. She had a very successful career as a computer programmer. And her friends and family um, described her as a spitfire a free spirit, strong-willed, but they've never they would never describe her as a loose cannon. 
She lived close to her mother, Nancy Rainey, and they typically spoke daily. So, October 29th was their first date, Dave and Carrie's. They went to a restaurant in Omaha, and Carrie told Dave that she didn't want anything serious, which Dave thought, jackpot. Because he also left- didn't want anything serious. Hmm? Because he also didn't want anything serious. Yes, exactly. I Thank was you for connecting those dots. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, when they left the restaurant, Dave and Carrie went back to his apartment, which was located like around the corner. Almost immediately after they arrived, they were interrupted by an unexpected visitor. Carrie decided to leave, so she got into her black Ford Explorer and drove away. After Dave's visitor left, Dave and Carrie spoke on the telephone, and Dave then traveled to Carrie's home in Macedonia, where he spent the night. For the record, Macedonia, Iowa is about 37 minutes away from Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. I have, I don't know. You just froze on me. What did you say? Which part? Uh, you said, for the record, Macedonia, and then nothing. Yeah, Macedonia, Iowa is about 37 minutes away from Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, I didn't even realize we were in two different states. Yeah. I thought the same, and then I realized that we were, and I was like, oh, how? Are they close? Like, (laughs) she lives in Iowa, but she works in Omaha. Dave lives in Omaha. And works in Omaha? I assume so. We don't know much about his. No, yeah, he does, because he works at that auto repair place, and Carrie took it to Omaha. Anyway, after about two weeks, Carrie and Dave began to get some real feelings. Um. But they were determined to keep things casual. However, Dave also continued to see Liz during their t- this time period. Remember Liz? Yes. She was yeah. before no. Carrie. Oh. She was before Carrie. He started dating. He met Liz online and started dating her at the end of spring, early summer. And then he met Carrie in October. Gotcha. Oh, so he's playing the so, field. Well, he yeah. Well, serious. When I say he wanted to, like, date casually, I meant that he wanted to date multiple women at the same time. Just super chill about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, somewhat randomly on either November 9th or November 10th, 2012, Carrie's car was vandalized with spray paint while it was parked in Macedonia. I feel like it wasn't somewhat randomly. Starting the week of November 12th, Carrie was beginning a week-long project at work that would require her to work late hours. She arranged for her teenage son to stay with her mother during that week, and Dave agreed to let Carrie spend the week with him at his apartment. Carrie went to work as planned on Monday, November 12th, and left work between 8 and 9 p.m. On November 13th, which I think is Lacey's anniversary. It's coming up. I know. Yes, it is. Um, Carrie called into work at 6.15 a.m. about to talk about the project. Dave left the apartment at around 6.20 a.m. saying goodbye to Carrie while she was working on her laptop. That was the last time Dave ever saw Carrie. Oh. But it was not the last time he heard from her. Oh. At 9.54 a.m., Carrie unfriended Dave on Facebook. Ooh. And at 10 a.m., Dave received a text from her. She told him she wanted to officially move in with him. 
Initially, Dave found this really odd because they had literally just discussed keeping things casual, which Carrie insisted on doing. Like, Dave was wanted to do it too, but Carrie was like the one leading. Fully on board. Yeah, she was like, look, I know I'm staying here for a week, but like, we are still just casual. And he was like, no, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I'm on board. Plus, um, I'd like to remind you that they've only been dating for about two weeks. So. Oh, my timeline was um, off. I saw a TikTok that said it takes men four or 8.4 seconds to fall in love, whereas it takes women like two weeks. Um, and funny oh. thing, I had like I had that playing in our room and Pat heard it and like after it said that part i like looked over him and was like did you did you know and that's as far as i got uh, my question he said absolutely not and i was like oh oh <laughs> he shut you down real quick Listen, and i was and i, I was, will stay true to himself and i was like what about two weeks and he's like nope i'm like okay <laughs> so um in response to that text message dave said he didn't think it would be a good idea for them to officially move in together I feel like that's also more of a conversation you should have um, in person. In person. Yeah. Well, yeah. so Karen didn't take that well. She responded with, quote, fine. I don't ever want to see you again. Go away. Are, I'm you dating bop- Are you like bopping your microphone around? I bumped it a second. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. That's okay. Do you need me to repeat the text from the top? Yes, please. Okay. I also need so, you to stop bopping your microphone around. I moved my laptop away from it. Okay. I was I was jiggling while I was pretending yeah. to be the text. We need you to calm down with the excitement. We know you're excited about this case. Lacey, okay. is that your third glass of wine? No, my first one, I drank fast. This is my next one. I came down with... No, it's not, because I came down with a glass of wine. And then... <laughs> What was left in this, which is sangria. So I finished that glass I came down with, and then I poured the rest of the sangria in there. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, those damn fucking kids. (laughs) I'm fine. Alright. So, the text that Carrie sent Dave in response to him saying, I don't think that we should move in together was quote fine i don't ever want to see you again go away i'm dating somebody else i hate you that sounds like such a high school thing do you want to move I, together i don't think so fine i have a boyfriend yeah, i was yeah. gonna say like middle school honestly don't yeah. ever again especially the i hate you yeah, yeah. you're so, so stupid this would be the first of many bizarre text messages and emails Sent from Carrie to Dave over the next three years. Wow. In total, Dave received about 15,000 emails and 50, 50,000 text messages. I would change my contact information. That's insane. Well, yeah. Holy crap. I was going to say, she changed her. Because I, I would assume that he blocked her a couple times. She would just get a new number, yeah. new email. That's, you said um, over three years? Yeah. Okay. But Dave was not the only recipient. 
after Carrie texted Dave with the bizarre like text, uh, breaking up with him, she also texted her mother. Yes. That's that's like 45.6 text messages a day. Yeah. It you was don't have time to do up. anything else. <laughs> what is she texting? One word? Each time? Somebody, somebody, like one of the, I mean, spoiler alert, detectives got involved. Yeah. And they said that it was a full-time job. It, yeah. It, Can you imagine it was, how You said 15,000 emails? How exhausting that would be to receive that constantly, too. Yeah. Like, you know how sometimes your phone's blowing up a little bit and you're like, oh, just everybody stop. That's, that's that's that many emails a day. That's well. Wait until we get into like the content, because oh yeah, we don't even know what they're about yeah. yet. So anyway, it's she fun. texted her mom after she texted Dave. She told her mom that she'd gotten a new job and moved to Kansas. Isn't her mom watching her kid? She told her mother that she'd be in touch to make arrangements to pick up her son Max. That was it. Okay. To make but now her family said she was not a loose cannon. Mm. So I'm going to assume this is out of character. Nancy, her really? mother, was bewildered and sure. tried to call her, but Carrie did not answer her phone. Because I wasn't Carrie. So Carrie didn't talk to Nancy for a while after that message, which caused Nancy a little bit concerned because they talk pretty regularly. Nancy waited three days before reporting her missing on November 16th. Carrie began missing some pretty significant events, including her son's 15th birthday, Aww. holidays, her brother's wedding, and her own father's funeral. Oh. oh. Imagine how confusing that was for her son, too. Like, I know everybody's kind of confused, but, like, his mom just left. Well, was so like... this, this is what Carrie's mom said. It was totally off the wall. She, like, Nancy knew Carrie struggled with bipolar disorder, but she had been taking her medication and she was doing well. She was in a very good place. Quote, she was in a very good place. I mean, she had been, I mean, she had been for a very long time. And Carrie's son, Max said, I wasn't sure what was going on, but I just knew something was wrong. Mm. So the pot, okay, hold on. The Potawatomi what? The Potawatomi County Sheriff's Office. Excellent. Excellent. Say it one more time, please. The Potawatomi County yeah. Sheriff's Office in Iowa tried to contact Carrie. She never answered phone calls, but would respond to missed calls with a text message. She told the police to leave her alone that she was fine. <laughs> so, obviously, the police were like, no, we need to like, see you. Oh, no. I, for a second there, I got so worried and was like, oh my yeah. god, it's like the LA cops. Like, they're just gonna be like, okay. Obviously, the police were like, okie doke. Well, if you say so. We trust you. <laughs> Did you not catch on to my sarcasm? Oh, god, no. Were you kidding? With, with the text messages, police assumed that she had stopped taking her meds and disappeared on her own accord. Oh so, my god. they dropped it. I had no idea. It's the Potawatomi. Pot. Potawatomi. Potawatomi. <laughs> sorry. How much fucking crime do they have in Potawatomi or whatever the fuck it's called? Yeah. I can really just kidnap somebody, throw their body in the river, and then text the police from their phone and be like, 
I'm fine. LOL. <laughs> for me, they'll be like, okay. I just went for a, for a swim. I just have to dry make off. Sure. I'll be back home soon. Like, I'll check make, sure they, make sure that they have a uh, some kind of medical condition diagnosed. So that's that true. That's true. Something to immediately thing. like dismiss anybody's valid concerns. Yes. So later, the sheriff's office said that the quote available evidence during the initial investigation was inconclusive, but we did not give up. <laughs> uh huh. Do you think that like really comes out and we get actual answers for cases like this? Do you think the police involved are ever ashamed, or are they like we did what we could with what we had at the time? Well, I'll say this: that they did get their shit together. It just took three years. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, that so, sounds like a toxic relationship. He's really changed. Just take, <laughs> took three years. Yeah. Um, I also want to know what they responded to, like that text message where she was fine, like leave me alone. Like Thumbs when they up. say, like cool, KK, <laughs> TTYL. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, um. Meanwhile, back <laughs> in November of 2012. Two days after the breakup, on November 15th, Dave felt like he had dodged a bullet. Because clearly, Carrie was crazy. She was sending him message like, quote, I hate you so much that I want to drive a knife in your heart. Or, quote, I will do what I can to make you suffer. But also, she would pepper in, quote, I love you, and we should have babies. I love you. I'm gonna stab you to death. Who's the other? Who's the other woman? Lisa. Liz. Damn it. Uh, what's what's going on with Liz? Like, I feel kind of. That's an excellent segue. Mm -hmm. So Liz Goyer had reached out to Dave around the same time. So Dave began dating her again because she didn't seem to be as crazy or dramatic as Carrie. Yeah. A breath of fresh air. Uh Sure. But with Liz returning to Dave's life, she began receiving hateful messages from Carrie as well. Mm-hmm. Of course. Dave did think it was odd that Liz was getting messages because they, Liz and Carrie had only briefly seen each other outside his apartment for like five seconds. They'd never spoken before and they didn't know each other. Un- but, until Liz kidnapped Carrie. But despite the limited interaction, Liz continued to receive messages. They'd be sitting on the couch together, Dave and Liz, and their phones would just both start dinging. Do you have a picture of Carrie? I want to know if she was really pretty. Do you have a picture of Carrie and of Liz? Yes. You don't want to <laughs> see like Liz is pretty? I would like to see them side by side. I'm trying to figure something out about Liz. I gotta tell you guys, I'm getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just... I feel like you're figuring out the story. Well, um, I, I really you're laying it out really well. Do you want us to stop? Like, no. Do you want no. us to keep our thoughts to ourselves for a little while? I was just like, I'm like, I'm gonna make it seem. I'm gonna go this way with it. Well, no, it's like. So here's the thing. We've done a this lot. Is, of things. This is also like every <laughs> fucking movie that like. A guy starts seeing a girl and is like, mm, not really working. Then sees a new girl. And then the old girl's like, well, fuck her. She stole him from me. I need to fix this. And then she this needs to scary. play victim. And yeah, so your thing is not looting. But wow. I'm having fun. 
Don't Google. <laughs> I won't. I'm... Just wait till it loads. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us some more while we wait. Let's do that. Okay. Can I call it? How old are these people? Well, oh, yeah. Carrie is 37. Okay. And I could not, I had a really hard time finding any like demographic information on um, anyone else involved in the story. Great. But I'm assuming everybody's like around the same age. Around the same. And are super mature. Yeah. Adults. Good, good at dealing there with their emotions. It didn't load. I know. I'm trying again. Oh, I see your screen now. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Me too. I don't know how to make it so that you can see more of it. Did you try clicking on a picture? You see that? Yes. Is that Carrie? Carrie? That's Carrie. Oh, she's she has nice. beautiful eyes. She's got really pretty mm -hmm. eyes. And then I'll just, I'm going to show you all of our characters. Okay. I like that. They're not characters, they're real people. I know. This, this is Dave. A, this isn't a game. Hmm. Okay. You know, not what I imagined. He's got a very long face. Even, even less what I imagined after I saw Carrie. Carrie was very pretty. Maybe he's funny. He's got a nice beard, though, I will say. Not I do like beard. Or Liz, that makes sense. Yeah, she killed her for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> really oh, no. She did it. It's her. <laughs> she saw this girl that he brought home, and she was like, oh, I can't compete with that. Fuck. She probably no, but like she probably like was like middle school and high school and was constantly overseen like overthought of or whatever and like you're ruining the story. You're, 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 you really are laying it out very nicely for us. She's um what are the what are the Gen Zs call it a pick me girl or something? Oh, I bet like, she was pick me. Yeah, she's like she's told. Totally and then he that. brought home one of the other girls. She was yeah. like, oh, can I continue? Yeah, go ahead. It's, it's should we just should we just take over the episode for you? <laughs> no, because we don't know. Okay. I more, bet. Um, so like, I, hold on, wait. I bet that she had like some automatic like text message thing that would send them both text messages while she wasn't like while she was in the room with him. Them. Yeah. <laughs> so Liz received messages reading, "If you don't keep your hands or lips off my man, I will hurt you." Specific. And Dave would receive messages deal detailing what he was doing at that exact moment and what he was wearing. Like, he'd take out the trash, and as soon as he got back inside, he'd get a text saying, I saw you taking out the trash in your blue shirt. Not he, the blue shirt. Yeah, he also got messages saying, quote, she's a fat cow. She looks like she lost a puppy, maybe. Or no, sorry. She looks like she lost a puppy. Maybe she'll do us a favor and kill herself, LOL. Okay, so I don't know what that means. Liz, she looks like she lost a puppy. She looks sad. Disconsolate. Yeah. Depressed. Um, 
dejected. I don't want to hear any more input from you guys because you've ruined my story. <laughs> she uh, she has a lot of um, insecurities. She needs therapy. Uh, Maybe this yeah. was her form of therapy. She's really working through some working. of the things bullies have said to her in the past. Yeah, she took out all of her emotions on some I innocent girl. You, at this point, everything is from Carrie. You're wrong. So eat shit. <laughs> In early 2013. It's interesting because the photo she showed us of Liz looks like a mugshot. No, it was just a work photo. Mm-hmm. They have you stand up against a blank wall. She worked at the jail. <laughs> In early 2013, Dave received an email from one of Carrie's accounts. It included a picture of a woman tied up in a trunk of a car. The message stated that the woman was Liz and that she would be freed if he dumped her and started seeing Carrie again. It wasn't Liz, but police <laughs> downloaded the contents from Dave and Liz's phones to document the harassment. In January 2013, Dave spotted Carrie's Ford Explorer in the parking lot at his apartment complex. It had snowed the other day and all the cars had been brushed off except for one, which drew his attention. Police ran the plate, confirmed it was Carrie's car, then towed it to impound. They searched the vehicle, primarily looking for fingerprints, and the only fingerprints that they were that they found were on a mint container in the center cup comp, center cup holder. There were no hits on the fingerprint at the time. At the same time, Nancy they, continued. To- they searched an entire car. Yeah, and found no fingerprints. No, they found Besides- one on the tin of a mint container. They found no usable prints. Okay. It's like how um, Phoebe hands junk. They found no prints on like the door to the garbage chute. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah. At the same time, Nancy, Carrie's mother, continued to pressure the police, insisting that something was wrong. However, Carrie was still active online. On May 18th, 2013, Carrie posted the following on her Facebook. Quote, I have answered enough questions to prove myself to everyone. I am done. I can either, sorry, you can either, I'm also, I'm going to correct her grammar a bit because it's hard. Mm -hmm. Well, she said you can't either believe, that's not what she meant. You can either believe I am your daughter, mother, sister, and friend that you have known your whole life or you can just leave me alone. I have proven myself over and over and I'm done. I left on my own free will and I am sick of everyone giving me a hard time for doing what I needed to do. I am not missing. I just don't want to come home right now. I'm a grown woman and if I feel like leaving home, I have the right. I asked my son Max, parentheses, Maxwell James, to come with me, but you didn't want to. So when I am ready to come back home, I will. I am sorry for hurting everyone and just up and leaving. I know I have upset some of you, but I needed to do this for me. Sorry, and I hope someday you can forgive me. I love you all very much, but I need time still to sort things out. Do you think the cops ever tried video calling her? If they did, she didn't answer. (laughs) I I just love that they were like, well, nobody's seen her in person, but... No, this they dropped it. They dropped it. Yeah, I know. It's just so bizarre. 
Over the years, Liz and Dave were the victims of more than just harassment. Liz reported that prior to November 23rd, 2012, someone had broken into her garage and stolen checks from her. She reported several acts of vandalism to her property occurring on November 23rd, 2012, February 12th, and April 1st, 2013. Dave also reported vandalism to his property in July, October, and December of 2013. Many of these acts of vandalism involved messages referring to Liz as a whore. Each time an act of vandalism occurred, Dave, Liz, or both of them would receive a text or email from Carrie taking responsibility for the act. Hmm. On one occasion, someone broke into Liz's garage and spray-painted, quote, whore from Dave on the wall. Liz called Dave and yelled at him for bringing Carrie into her life. She feared for her children's safety. Can I ask a question? Yes. Um, what is Liz's job? Who, who knows? Okay. <laughs> we'll get to it. Okay. She just has a lot of time on her hands. Listen, you guys stop. Carrie is the bad one right now. We don't no, know yet. No. Carrie, Carrie is so... Carrie has beautiful jerk. green eyes. She is not the bad one. She looked young. She looks she happy. She good for 37. I hate you guys. She also looked healthy. She looked alive. Well, so at this time, two investigations were going on into Carrie. The Iowa Sheriff's Office was looking for a missing person, and the Omaha police were looking for the suspect for harassment, stalking, and vandalism. In August 2013, Liz and Dave broke up. At 8.14 a.m. on August 17th, 2013, Liz called Dave in a panic. Her house was on fire. Fortunately, she and her children were unharmed, but... Trigger warning. Oh, no. Her two dogs and two other pets weren't as lucky. Investigators discovered at least six different points of origin of the fire and found accelerants. They quickly determined the fire had been set intentionally. Liz had been out with her children the day before and returned home at around 7.30 a.m. to find the fire. Liz told police it had to have been Carrie. She said, quote, it's Carrie. Her last name is F-A-R-V-E-R. She kept texting me and telling me she wanted to kill me and my kids. Liz even showed the police an email from Carrie to Dave that said, I am not lying. I set that nasty whore's house on fire. I hope that whore and her kids die in it. Good that she confirmed it. Following the fire, Liz and Dave got back together. Shocking! It's almost like she set the fire, or the fire, like, was a way to lure Dave back to her. But Omaha police were having a hard time doing anything because they couldn't find Carrie. The harassment Mm -hmm. continued for over a year and a half after the fire. Carrie's rage began to spread. In 2013, Dave's ex, Amy Flora, remember her? And Liz's ex, Todd Butterball, began to receive messages. Sounds like he's in a Christmas cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) So some of the messages Amy received indicated that she was being watched. Whereas Todd received messages mostly inquiring about his relationship with Liz. 
in 2015, so now we are three years into this, two detectives from the Potawatomi, sorry, Potawatomi County Sheriff's Office took over the case. One, Sergeant Jim Doty, investigated it as if Carrie was dead, while the other, Deputy Ryan Avis, worked at it as if she was still alive. So initially, here's what they found. Deputy Avis discovered that after November 13th, 2012, Carrie never used her checking account. Hmm. Which honestly feels like something police could have easily discovered years ago. Well, you know, cash is king. Sergeant Doty found it strange that Carrie did not know Liz Goyer at all, but all of a sudden she had her phone number and was harassing her. They also found it odd that they couldn't find a single person who had heard her voice or physically seen her since November of 2012. There was no record of employment, and at that point, both detectives started working on the investigation as if Carrie was deceased. Okay, so now at this point... What? Uh, yes, thank you. Oh my god, who's been texting them? But, but no, Carrie... She's a fire! No, it's bonkers. Strap in. make any sense. Who could it have been? Where's, where's my Academy Award? I need something. Yeah, the detectives started combing through all the reports from the last three what years. They found it odd how often Liz Goyer's name was popping up. They examined the contents previously downloaded from Liz's phone back in 2013. The photo of the woman tied up in the trunk, they determined that that had been taken by an LG Spectrum cell phone, a type Liz happened to own. Okay, so they do have the technology to figure cell phone stuff out. Have they tried pinging Carrie's phone? Yes. So Okay, okay, so sorry. Um, They did try and ping her phone. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I mentioned it at all. They tried to ping her phone and it like led them to like Omaha, like just like a neighborhood in Omaha. But did I mention this? No. No, no, no. I wonder if I mentioned it later. I do. Stop. We're going to get there. You're right. I'll hold my questions. Yes. Drew gets annoyed with us very easily. Well, you've ruined my my whole like (laughs) twist. Sorry. They also found that on November 6th and 7th, 2012, so remember, Lacey, when did uh, Carrie disappear? The 13th. Good. So, like, a week before that, Mm -hmm. there were six phone calls made from Liz's phone to Carrie's home phone. And this is going to date some of our our (laughs) listeners. The caller had used star 69, Oh, no, throwback. Star 67. Yeah. To hide her identity. Mm-hmm. But that was only on Carrie's end. So once they got her records, they could see she yeah. was the one making the phone call. Well, because yeah. it only ever like showed up on like your end, like as like unavailable yeah. or like unknown or something. Yes. They also found that Liz had photos of Carrie's car that were dated from no that were dated. December 24th, 2012. Police were, I remind you, police were notified about the location of her vehicle in January. So Liz knew where Carrie's car was before the police did. Hmm. Who could have foreseen 
these so, turns of events. As I m- mentioned before, I was trying to paint the picture one way and then do like a big surprise twist. It didn't land. But I appreciate you guys what you did. On to it too quick. You did a good job. We're just suspicious. Okay, so what I left out a thing in the beginning Ooh. that would have been very that would have made you if I had told you right away you would have been like oh her she did was it was it the person that they met on their date so on October 29 <laughs> 2012 during Carrie and Dave's first date Dave's cell phone began blowing up with calls and text messages from Liz he initially ignored the messages but when they continued he contacted Liz and told her he was on a date and would not be able to respond. So the unexpected visitor that showed up at Dave's apartment immediately after Carrie and Dave arrived there was Liz. Mm-hmm. She started ringing the bell at the security door of Dave's apartment building. Dave left Carrie in his apartment and went to the security door to speak with Liz. Liz was crying and upset and insisted Dave let her in so she could retrieve some of her belongings from his apartment. Dave left Liz at the security door and went back to the apartment to explain the situation to Carrie. Carrie left, and as she did so, she passed by Liz, who was still standing by the security door. Carrie got into her black Ford Explorer, which was parked near the security door, and drove away. After Carrie left, Dave let Liz into his apartment to retrieve her belongings. She was still upset and did not stay long before he asked her to leave. So that's... How she knew what car Carrie drove. Mm. And how she... That was the five-second interaction that she had with Carrie. Yeah. That's all it took. Police also found that on November 15th, 2012... This Here's something weird. Carrie's employer received a text from Carrie's phone stating that she was resigning and was sending, quote, Shana Goyer to replace her. Am I supposed to know that name? That's Liz. Shayna Elizabeth Boyer. Oh. I forgot Liz was short for her middle name. Yeah. So That's weird. Yeah, right? Did she just like desperately want people her to life? think that's like a weird... Yeah, that, that takes it like a weird way. So later I that it's day, not already super weird, but like that's a little extra weird. Yeah. Later that day, Liz filled out an online application with the employer. So she was really trying to get there. On November 16th, Carrie's debit card was used to make purchases of $168-ish. I'm rounding up. And $227 at two separate discount stores in Omaha. An item purchased at one of the stores was a shower curtain with a distinctive black and white floral pattern. Keep that in mind. It's going to come back. Because it's November to Earth. On November 17th, 2012, Carrie's mother received another text from Carrie's cell phone. It included a photograph of a check for $5,000 made out to Carrie, signed by Liz. And so in the text message with the photo... Carrie asked her mom to let Liz into her home to retrieve a bedroom set Liz had allegedly purchased via the check. Carrie's mom was suspicious about the text and contacted police. 
Police had Carrie's service provider ping her cell phone to attempt to locate it. The ping showed that in the early hours of November 18th, the cell phone was at an Omaha location not far from Liz's residence. Police searched for her phone, but it was never found. So, Carrie is giving her job to Liz, and then the next day, she's giving her bedroom set to Liz. If her mom went through that and was like, yeah, okay, she can come in and take yourself. How was Liz going to explain that away? They're friends. Mm. So the acts of vandalism against Liz tended to occur. This is something else that the detectives noticed. The acts of vandalism against Liz tended to occur at times when Dave was becoming less interested in her. And the two were drawn back together by their mutual fear or dislike of Carrie. Sure. And uh, Lacey, I'm sure I I don't need to ask, but remember Todd Butterball? Sure fucking do. (laughs) (laughs) So Todd and Liz met in September 2010 through an online dating site. They dated for five years until September 2015. Say that again. I'm sorry. Say that again. So she met Todd in 2010 and they dated for five years. Okay. But. Okay. So there's some overlap. I would say. Why was she so desperate? Three years of overlap. To get rid of Carrie so that she could have weird guys attention while she also had Butterball. Like, what does she want? Attention. Todd believed his relationship was exclusive. Oh. Guess what? He helped pay her bills, he helped buy Mm -hmm. her a car, and he even helped care for her children. What what is Todd? Kids were like, why are there these guys? (laughs) Mom, which one's your boyfriend? (laughs) Liz and her two children even moved in with Todd in July 2013 and stayed until December 2015. Or January 2016. I gotta, I gotta give her this. She, when she got arrested like a motherfucker. She must be like really good in bed or something. She's got both. Of, she's juggling both of them and a dead woman's fifty thousand texts. I feel like the. I feel like with Todd, it was too easy. He was like fully involved, whereas yeah. Dave kept trying to leave. Like she should have just left him. Let him. Or maybe she's just using Todd for, like, everything. Yeah, well, because I don't think she actually had a job. Yeah. So. Well, why do you need one? When you have two boyfriends. and She couldn't sustain a job. She had so many text messages to send each day. She should have just okay. applied for Carrie. Or she should have just gotten Carrie's job. Well, she did apply. Did you miss yeah. that part? <laughs> I, I, and then Carrie gave her another job. Right. Pay attention, Lacey. I don't know why that didn't work out for her. Yeah, I mean, it was a computer programming job, so I feel like you need some kind of expertise. Okay, she sent 50,000 text messages within a span of three years to one person. That's pretty expertise. Star 67. During the time she dated and lived with Todd, Liz did not tell him she was being harassed by anyone. In fact, when he started receiving messages from Carrie... He was led to believe that Carrie and Liz were friends. Liz told him that she had dated Dave before meeting Todd, but they were still friends. Right. 
Todd. <laughs> well, dummy. While staying with Todd, Liz had access to his Wi-Fi network and several electronic devices, including a laptop and an iPod. Goyer and Butterball, I like saying his name, broke up in October of 2015. This, so at this point, once the detectives uncovered all this information, Liz became a suspect. <laughs> what? They ran... They ran the figure fingerprint they found on the mint container in Carrie's car to Liz's fingerprints, and they were a match. That's weird. I'm so surprised. This is my surprise face. <sighs> do you want me to do in, better? In Good November, try. no, I've already given up at this point. Okay. In November 2015, so November now, Liz and Dave broke up again because Dave wanted a more serious relationship with another woman. On December 4th, 2015, Gosh, Liz she's going to kill claiming... again. What? She's going to kill again. Well, on December 4th, 2015, Liz began claiming that Dave's ex and mother of his children, Amy Flora, was the real culprit of all the harassment, not Carrie. She yeah. allowed the detectives to, lo to look at her phone and download the contents a second time. So on the morning of September... Dece that's not even true. On the morning of Saturday, <clears throat> on the morning of Saturday, December fifth, so the next day, Liz sent the officers additional harassing e messages she claimed were sent to her from Amy. Later that day, at six forty p.m., officers were dispatched to a park located in a wilderness area in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Oh no! They found Liz sitting on the ground near the driver's side of a. Sorry. <clears throat> they found Liz sitting on the ground near the driver's side of the only car in the parking lot. Liz had been shot in the left thigh. Liz's story about how the shooting occurred varied significantly over the course of the next several days and weeks, but she consistently insisted that Amy had shot her. So police went to Amy's home. Amy testified that she had been home with her two-year-old son, and officers noticed her car was cold to the touch, indicating it had not been used recently. Police questioned Amy and found her very cooperative and decided or determined that she was not the shooter. But Amy could have Ubered there. Fair point. With her two-year-old. Um, and I just, it, it really feels like um, we are giving Liz, like, such unfair treatment. Like, she's clearly the victim here. I did, Her house was burnt down. She also just Which, got by shot. The way, um, you know, it happened that uh, when her house burnt down, she was in the process of moving out because she had been evicted. <sighs> we need to give her more, <laughs> like, love. <laughs> Police obtained consent from both Amy and Dave to download their cell phones on Monday, December 7th, 2015. The download from Dave's cell phone showed many of the emails he received from Carrie were sent from Todd Butterball's IP address while Liz was living with him. God damn it, Butterball! So after police downloaded Liz's contents again, because they asked her if they could, and she said, sure, they found that she had registered about 30 fake email addresses. She used an app to schedule emails to be sent at a later time and date so that messages would arrive when she was with Dave. Weird. 
aired so much. Yeah, so you didn't see that coming. Earlier. Yeah. Bless you, Lacey. In, in late January or early February 2016, Dave moved in with Amy over a weekend. The following week, Liz contacted police, very upset that Amy had not been charged in relation to the shooting. Liz again consented to a download of her cell phone after telling police she had received additional harassing emails from Amy. At this time, police generally told... Oh. Okay. At this time, police were like, we suspect Amy shot you, but we need additional information to charge her. Mm-hmm. So, obviously that was untrue. Yeah. But... Because they suspected Liz shot herself, but they were just trying to get her, you know, yeah, do something, make the wrong move, you know. I'm trying to say, yes, and she can't her into a sense of security. Yes. So then, Liz said that Carrie was likely murdered by Amy Flora. Liz began forwarding messages to the detectives that she claimed were from Amy. These emails were dated between December 21st, 2015 and February 24th, 2016. Several of the emails confessed to the murder of Carrie and the arson of Liz's residence. And at least one confessed to the shooting of Liz. The emails contained... So weird that she didn't give them those emails, like, immediately upon receiving them. Or, like, they haven't found them in all the times that they've downloaded her shit. I think if somebody who I felt was threatening me, texted me and was like, I killed this other bitch. I'd be like, I'm going to tell somebody about that. Yeah. Probably the people who are investigating me right now. I'm going to tell them that you said that. Well, she doesn't know that she's being investigated. That's true. They, She still thinks that everybody thinks she's the yeah. victim. She the is the emails, victim. No, you're right. The emails contain various and sometimes inconsistent details about the murder, but consistently, consistently described that Carrie was stabbed in her vehicle, her body was wrapped in a tarp, then later burned and put in the garbage. Her vehicle was cleaned afterward, the killer posed as Carrie after the killing, mm-hmm. and the killer went to Carrie's home after the killing. Mm-hmm. One email describes the interior of Carrie's home with precision. Mm. So on December 8th, 2015, the Ford Explorer, Carrie's Ford Explorer, was processed again. This time, the technician was looking for blood, but found none. So then two months later, in February 2016, that same technician processed the vehicle a third time. This time, she removed the cloth seat covers and found a large red stain on the passenger side seat foam. DNA testing showed it was Carrie's blood. So... Um. That month, February 2016, investigators obtained warrants and searched the apartments where Liz was living, as well as Todd Butterball's home. The storage unit where Carrie's mother had moved Carrie's belongings was searched in March. Various items were found at Liz's apartment, including LG cell phones, a black and white floral shower curtain that matched the description of the one purchased at the discount store with Carrie's debit card. I remember that. A red Sony video camcorder, a Nikon Cool Mm -hmm. Pics digital camera, and many memory cards. Owner's manuals for the Nikon camera and the red Sony camcorder were found among Carrie's belongings during the search of the storage unit. 
along with receipts from a furniture store showing Carrie had purchased those items in October of 2012. So, so she had just murdered her. She stole shit. Yeah. Police also obtained search warrants for a large number of email accounts. More than 45, actually. A digital forensic examiner linked Liz to all relevant messages sent by Carrie and Amy. So, this is where... So, at this point, they've determined Liz is Carrie. They've found blood in Carrie's car. They kind of have a confession. But they don't have any, like, real, you know, evidence. No body, no crime. In one of the emails, however, where Carrie or Amy confessed to the murder. Oh, sorry, it was Amy. Amy described a yin-yang tattoo on Carrie's left hip. Police asked, police tracked down and asked Carrie's ex-husband and learned that when the two had been married in 20, 2009, they had got matching yin-yang tattoos. Mm. Police also obtained a photograph of Carrie from her mother, which showed a tattoo of the Chinese symbol for mother on top of on the top of Carrie's left foot. So Liz was arrested on December 22nd, 2016, four years after Carrie went missing. She was charged with the murder of Carrie Farver, as well as arson. The trial was set to start on May 10th, 2017, and the defense felt pretty confident because all the evidence was circumstantial. You, like, no body, no crime. I have that written, Lacey. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Yes. They couldn't prove Carrie was dead, so they couldn't prove Liz had killed her. Weeks before the trial began, though, Dave found an old tablet in his storage unit. It was his, but Liz had used it while they were together. An SD memory card was found in the tablet, and many deleted files were able to be recovered from that memory card. Mm-hmm. These con- included, the files included over 13,000 photographs and numerous text messages sent, from e- sent either to or from Liz. The SD card was found to have been previously used in Liz's cell phone. One photo in particular caught the eye of investigators. Several of the photographs on the SD card were images of what appears to be a blue, gray, or silver tarp Mm. taken from various angles. Another photograph depicts a flesh-colored object with a yin-yang symbol on it. Why? Another photograph depicts a flesh-colored object with a Chinese symbol on it. Mm. These images were compared to Carrie's tattoos and were found to be consistent. A forensic pathologist testified that the picture of the Chinese symbol was a picture of the top part of a human left foot. The pathologist said that the foot showed signs of decomposition, but could not determine from the picture how long the foot had been decomposing. Ew, so not just, like, taking pictures for whatever reason, but, like, not even, like, going back to take pictures. Yeah. Letting her decompose a little bit, taking yeah, her photo. back to the body. Gross. Yeah. People are fucked up. So the discovery of those photos made the defense a little less confident. Sure. Decaying foot indicates death, and the tattoo identifies the foot as Carrie's. 
Well, it's not looking good. So the trial started on May 10th. Liz Goyer waived her right to a jury trial, so her fate was in the hands of Judge Timothy Burns. During the trial, the prosecutors introduced the evidence to support the claim that Liz considered Carrie a romantic rival and that Liz had posed as Carrie for years through emails, texts, and social media. The prosecutors also stated that while posing as Amy Flora, Liz actually confessed to the murder. Judge Timothy Burns found Liz Goyer not guilty of first-degree Just kidding. <laughs> you got me. You did get me. I know. It's like I was mad. He found Liz guilty of first-degree murder and second-degree arson on May 24th, 2017. On August 15th, Shana Liz Goyer was sentenced to life in prison plus 18 to 20 years for the arson. Nice. In November 2018, Liz filed an appeal claiming the evidence was insufficient to support the convictions and that her trial counsel was ineffective in various ways. Mm. The Supreme Court of Nebraska looked at the case and agreed with the ruling. So to this day, Carrie Farver's family, Carrie Farver's body has not been found, but her family has taken some comfort in the knowledge that her killer is in prison and her reputation as a loving mom and hard worker has been restored. Her mother, Nancy said she loved life. I just wish she could have had more of it. There is a Mm -hmm. Carrie Farver Memorial scholarship that was established to keep Carrie's memory and her legacy of kindness alive by supporting students attending Iowa Western Community College in pursuit of a career in information technology. That's nice. That's all I have. They started on the body. Because Carrie, not Carrie, Liz seems to me, despite the charade, she kept it for a while. Well, actually, never mind. I was going to say Liz seems to be a pretty stupid person. But, like, she did keep up a pretty solid charade for a while. Yeah, I mean, fell apart at the end. I think she got kind of stupid once they started getting onto her. Yeah. But I can't believe she managed to find a way to dispose of a body that, like, it hasn't been found in all this time. Well, in the email confession, she said that she wrapped her in a tarp and then set her on fire. And we know that Liz is good at fire. Yeah. But, like, there still has to be, like, a spot at that. Yeah, but, like, for me, it's... She took a picture of a decaying foot, so she stored the body somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Before burning it. Yeah, it's just... You'd think they would have found traces somewhere of something that's... Yeah. Well, I mean, it is Nebraska, so... (laughs) a lot of space there they're so close to Iowa too they could just she could travel across the state yeah well that was interesting I I mean she was shot in a wilderness place so in Iowa so what are your thoughts do you think it was crazy that she vandalized her own property no the charade because I I don't know bonkers I think in and of itself, if it were an isolated incident, it would be crazy. I think as part of the whole, it just fits. But like, if, like, literally, she didn't meet her. She saw her for five seconds. If she had just killed her and, like, disappeared, like, and didn't do any of the charade. Yeah. There would have, like, never been suspicion on her, probably. Yeah. It wasn't about Carrie. It was about wanting what's-his-face. Dave. Crazy too. She like, wanted I mean, if, Dave, so yeah. he, she got Carrie out of the way. 
Yeah. No, it, I know. I'm what I'm saying is like she didn't have to pretend to be Carrie on the phone or anything. I think that that could have that was yeah. like overkill. Or she could have even done it a little bit at the beginning. Well, maybe done the, the whole thing is too, I'm leaving, I'll contact you, whatever, just yeah. to so not abruptly cut off and just faded her out and it would have been a weird missing persons case, but it wouldn't have been a harassing, vandalizing thing that kept it in the forefront of everybody's minds. Maybe, like she um, maybe Dave was like pretty infatuated with Carrie and like she was afraid that he would like still be like hung up on her yeah. and not get her. I mean, his... I feel like, and she would get his full attention, even if like, like she didn't. Of the annoying text messages, and he would have been over it. I don't know. I think people also get obsessed with it. It's like catfishing. People just get obsessed with it. True. She's probably a catfisher. Yeah. Or she would be if she wasn't in person. It was also probably really thrilling. Being the only person who knew that Carrie was dead and like sending it all these also, things. Um, it brings you know, like her um, and Dave closer together because they've shared trauma. Yeah, now. I was gonna say it's it feels kind of like Munchau- Munchausen's mm-hmm. where like people dote on her because she's the victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why she set her house and on fire. And she got to throw shade on Carrie too and make Carrie look like a piece of shit who like abandoned Which, her family and bullshit. Like she didn't know Carrie. Yeah. Right. So it was like crazy that she went after her so hard. She she probably saw Carrie as all the girls who have ever stolen Taking stuff from her. Yeah, yeah. told her that she looked like she lost her puppy. And... <laughs> like that. I've seen this this case described as a love triangle, like gone wrong, and I find that wrong. No, yeah. that feels like a super simplification of it because a love triangle involves three active participants. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie was just minding her own business. Yeah. And Dave, honestly, was very upfront with both women about his expectations. Yeah, and he wasn't trying to hide the fact that he was dating other women. Right, there was no cheating going on, there was no anything suspicious. If if any if anyone was doing any cheating, it was Liz on Todd Butterball. Yeah. God damn it, Butterball. He literally thought that they were an exclusive relationship and he was paying for all of their shit. And then she's vandalizing it. How disrespectful. So she was like evicted, moved in with Todd, and then set her own house, old house on fire. Yep. She killed her own pets. I don't know what else to say about her. She's a crazy bitch. And now she's in jail for forever. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah. All right. Well, that was sinister. And we were sarcastic. And we hope you keep listening. Ooh.